Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you all for joining us for the second episode of Diversity in Fellowship. Today we are going to be talking about gospel unity, the purpose, the power, and the pitfalls of gospel unity. And so we want to begin today just by kind of explaining what our name actually means. What does it mean to be diverse in fellowship? What does diversity in fellowship mean to you, Brother William? Yes, like I, uh, I mean, I know for us, I mean, one of the the primary things, right, Kenny's, just in case you're still figuring this out as a listener, uh, Kenny is a black man, yes. a, a white man, uh, Kenny was pastoring a black church, I was pastoring a white church, and so uh, part of what we were talking about in diversity is saying, hey, we we see the importance of putting on display the power of the gospel to actually bring a white church and a black church together. Right. So that's at least... I mean, that's at least part of it, but we, we also wanted to talk about, I mean, there are also other uh, divisions that, that come up, you know, in the church. Some of them, that's age, right? You have a right primarily older church, or you have a primarily younger church, and one group listens to different music, and or both groups listen to different music and have different styles and different, you know, whatever. And uh, what we believe is healthy is when you can actually have a mix, right, a mixture of all of those things, right? Different cultures, yes. different... Um, different ages, um, and so there. We we do believe that the picture, the heavenly picture, is a picture of diversity, right? And and so I think our our heart uh, for the church should be that that we picture that as well. Now, obviously, there's going to be limitations to that. There's going to be challenges for that. That's one of the things that we're going to be talking about a whole lot, I think, through uh, through the podcast. Uh, but the picture there is that there is there is this diversity, and when we have opportunities to be diverse in our local churches, we have an opportunity to show the beauty and the power of the gospel. Yes, in a way that's maybe not as clearly seen when there's not that diversity. Right. So, what would you add to that, brother? Yeah, I would. I would piggyback on your beauty statement and say, you know, we look at God's creation. I've said this in, in, in other times is that when God created the birds, he didn't create one type of bird or when he created the flowers, he didn't create one type of flower or the butterflies and things of that nature. So we can see the beauty in God's diversity there. And there's actual beauty in him creating us in his image, but very unique as far as our um, racial makeup, as far as our um, personalities are concerned, and and as far as our giftedness, right, in, the, in mm-hmm. the body of Christ, how we all have different gifts, but we're part of the same body. And when you bring all those things together, you can see that beauty um, greater than if we were all set apart in, into our own different tribes. And so diversity and fellowship means is that we are reflecting the beauty of God's creation, um, whether that's in nature or more specifically for what we are talking about in the church mm-hmm. is that we are actually missing out when we are not together in, in unity in that diversity. Mm-hmm. When we are not experiencing that diversity and fellowship, we are actually losing out as a body of Christ. So that's what I would say I would I would mean by it is that 
there's so much beauty and so much intention in God creating us different and in different races, different skin colors and, and things of that nature. And we need to be together to experience um, the beauty of that. So just for clarity, it's like you, it's not just a black, white thing, not just a black, white thing. Absolutely not. It's um, I mean, as we, you said, talked about in Revelation it's every tribe, tongue, nation. It's um, mm. it's all the different uh, people groups that God has intentionally created um, for his glory. Right. And when we see that come together, um, I would say it's a reflection of the community that you are in. Mm. Right? right. It's hard to have diversity and fellowship in, in more um, monogamous. Uh, that's not the word, right? Well, same race communities. How about that? There you so, go. That's, a way that's why we don't use big words. Yeah, Same race community. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's hard to, to see that, you know, it's hard to actually have that in those type of communities. But, you know, in the community that you live in, you should, the church should try to reflect that community. Right. And um, I would say that that should be a goal of, of every church um, in the world is reflect the community that you are in. Of course, the the local body may not be able to reflect it, but I think the the global church does reflect it. Right. We we have believers uh, throughout the world and, and different races and and different cultures and ethnicities and all those good things. And so, and that's the vision we're going to see in heaven. So we want to we want to make sure that God's will is being done on earth right. as it is in heaven. Yes, as that's, the Lord's prayer teaches us. That's good. Yeah, that was you know that was I remember even in our conversations, my wife bringing up that verse and. Um, early on, you know, kind of when we were talking about this, and, and just you know, that, you know, Jesus instructs us to pray, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Lord, yep. as as it is in heaven, you know, let it let it be on earth, right? Right. And so we we get this clear picture of heaven in Revelation four, Revelation five, of you know every tongue, every tribe, every nation worshiping around you know the throne, and yet that vision has has been largely absent. Right, you know that picture have been has been largely absent, and so, you know, the question is, okay, what does that look like? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we get to that? But the idea is, is that having a picture of that is diversity and fellowship. Right, right, yes, and that's and that's part of what we're fighting for here at our church, and uh, and part of why we want to do this podcast to try to help others try to think through how can we put that on display? How can we? As Jesus is praying there, Lord, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be here in our church as it is in heaven. You know, how how can we fight for that? What can we do for that? And so I think those are the kind of the ideas on diversity and fellowship. Any other ideas on that, brother? Yeah, I would I would leave it at that. And but I would you know we we want to make sure that we understand like what brings us together and what keeps us together mm, right because we can just try to do this in any old way but okay i mean we have to understand that it's the gospel that actually brings us together and right. keeps us together because I, I, what we see in the in the world is that we're trying to find unity in in areas to where that that are not strong enough to keep us together and, right. and so how does the gospel actually bring us together yeah, good. So, I mean, again, I mean, the the basic understanding of the gospel, you know, is that God created us, 
um, and created all of us in, in His image, the Imago Dei, right? And so we're, we're all created in His image, and yet we all fail, we all sinned, mm-hmm. uh, which means there are things that we know they're wrong to do, and yet we choose to do them, or there are things we know are right to do, and we choose not to do them, right? So we're, we're all sinful. Uh, and then the glorious good news is that the Lord sent us Jesus, who was 100% God, 100% man, and came and lived a perfect life, uh, a perfect life. He actually was perfect. <laughs> he actually did live a perfect he life. He actually did do that, even, even though that's contrary to what some people think today. Right. But uh, yeah, so he lived a perfect life, died on a cross for our sins, right? And then uh, three days later, God raised him from the dead to show that his sacrifice for our sins was enough. And so... The, the way the gospel brings us together is that everybody everybody's relationship with God, whether black, white, what, whatever color, right, whatever, whatever your situation, whatever culture, whatever ethnicity, whatever background, how, whatever you want, whatever label you want to put that, all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? Everyone is needs reconciliation to God. Yes, everyone, and so we are all on the same plane, right? We we are yeah. all in the same at the same spot the same start. Uh, really, we're all in the same sinking ship. I mean, if you want to use that kind of analogy, uh, and yet the Lord Jesus comes and saves us, and Amen. we are all saved in the same way. Right. It's not as if Kenny had to do something different because he's a black man, and I had to do something different because I'm a white man. No. Right. We all needed Jesus to pay for our sins at the cross, and because Jesus has done that. Right, we've all the the response to the gospel is to repent and believe. That response is not different for different ethnicities or different cultures or different time. Right? I mean, since Jesus came two thousand years ago, the call of the gospel is you must repent of your sins and believe in Him and be saved. Right? Right. And so that brings us together. Yeah. No matter what our background is, no matter where we're from, no matter what time we live in, uh, we are all. Um, I mean, I should say what time we live in since the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are all looking to uh, what Jesus did, what Jesus accomplished for us. That is what unifies us. So we are unified in the fact that we were all dead in our sins before Christ, and and through uh, trusting in Jesus and believing in him, now we're brought into the family of God through faith in Christ, and so we are unified, right, in, uh, in, in Christ in that way. Uh, what would you add to kind of the gospel unity, which you want to argue is one word, right? That's important. That is one word. Because uh, when you put the hyphen between any mm. two words, it becomes one word. Mm. We'll have to go deeper into, yeah, I don't know into why that. that's important that's a, for us. That's an to inside make that joke for us. Right. Yes, inside joke that you know. <laughs> yeah, you would have had to been here during the formation of uh, our values <laughs> right. at Grace Bible Fellowship. What I would add to that is um, just kind of God's plan throughout the Bible. Mm. You see very early on how um, after the fall of man, God begins his plan uh, of salvation, his plan to redeem um, sinful humans. And you see that with Abraham, Um, kind of start to see the plan kind of come into focus with Abraham. Mm. And in Genesis 12, God calls Abraham and he says, through you, all nations, all people will be blessed. And so you, you fast forward, um, God using the, the nation of Israel and promising Israel the Messiah uh, along the line of David. And the New Testament begins, the, the gospel of Matthew begins, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. 
Hmm. And, th- and those are very distinct, very, very important distinctions to make about Jesus, that he was the son of Abraham. He is the seed through which all peoples hmm. would be blessed. And he is the king that was promised from um, the, the, from the Jews. And so it's important that Jesus didn't just come for the Jews, but he came for all people. He, he hmm. is the, the seed, for once again, from Abraham that was promised for all people. And so when we trust in what William was talking about, that what the work that Jesus did for us on, on our behalf, when we trust in that, we become um, we become blessed through Jesus, through that mm. seed, that, that seed of Abraham. But we also see in, in Ephesians 2 um, the idea that Jesus comes and through and through his blood, he, he tears down the wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. And that's all the categories we have, right? Jews and, and right. Gentiles. Like there, there's no more division. There should be no more division in the body of Christ because Jesus, he comes and, and, and by his blood, by his sacrifice, he tears down that wall of hostility and he makes the, the two men one. That's right. the language to use in Ephesians 2 is that those distinctions don't matter anymore as far as our relationship with God is concerned. Um, Jesus has made us all one in him and our unity in him is what matters. Our status in him is what matters and, and no longer the, um, the distinctions that we use to divide one another. When we think about Jews and Gentiles, how much they hated one another, right? How much they, um, uh, despise one another. And if he can make those two one, he can make any, <laughs> any other two groups who have found a way to divide themselves one are are all the groups that have found a way to to divide themselves one and so the gospel uh what jesus has done for us ha- is what brings us together and it's the only thing that can really keep us together everything else is just too shallow and too superficial to actually hold us together with that in mind how why is it important for us to i mean christ has already done all the work um, this is a reality, no matter mm-hmm. what we do in the local church. Um, it's going to be a reality in heaven, no matter what we do here mm-hmm. uh, in our local churches. So why is it important for us to live that out in our lives and in our churches? Yes. I think, you know, we, again, we could we could almost say, and you said it a while ago, the universal church is is already showing this. Yes. Right? There, there are... You know, people from different cultures, different people from different ethnicities, right? That are that are followers of Jesus. They have churches, you know. So, I mean, part of the question is, why can't we just continue to stay divided along those lines, right? Why right. can't we just, you know, we got black churches, white churches, you, yeah. you know, whatever. Jesus has already done the work. We don't we don't need to do anything with right. that. Right. Yes. <laughs> Let's be careful <laughs> where we're going theologically there. Right. Um, so. Well, I think, I mean, I think the importance of it, and this is, you know, again, going back to some of what we said um, at the beginning, we have an opportunity to display, and I, I mean, I really like the two words, we, we have an opportunity to display the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And, and if, you, if you think that's not needed, you're not paying attention to what's happening in our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, people yeah. are struggling to figure out how do we bring you know, um, black people, white people together, how can we unite? And what we're seeing is 
they're kind of using all these different things, right? Yeah. Politics will bring us together. Okay, that's not going to happen, right? Right. I mean, that's not helping. Uh, citizenship, right? We're all Americans. That'll bring us together. No. Not really happened, right? Mm-mm. Uh, states, right? We're all in the same state, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know, or, or whatever. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. Right. And, and at humans, we're all humans, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we, but, but none of those uh, kind of superficial ties really bind. Yeah. They, 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 they don't last. Uh, eventually, we can find ways to get around them mm-hmm. and ways to get mad and ways to be offended and ways to hurt and ways to hate. I mean, we found all those things. Right. But in Christ, we, we actually have a tie that binds. Mm-hmm. We, we, we actually come together as, as one man. I mean, that's the language there in Ephesians 2. Right. We are one man in Christ. We are one uh, body. And so I think the... Obviously, what's happening in the church universal, we we love and we pray and we hope, Lord, could that happen in the church local, right? Could that right. happen in our local churches? Mm-hmm. Again, there's yeah. there's limiting factors on that, you know? Um, I mean, there's um, not people from other countries are going to be necessarily <laughs> members at your church, right? Right? Uh, unless you go straight online, church, and boy, maybe we need to no, have a, we don't well, do yeah, that. We'll have a whole other episode <laughs> on that. But you know what I'm saying, and so we we you want your local church to be able to say to the community, whatever your background, whatever you look like, you you can come and be a part of us here in Christ. You you can come and you be unified together in Christ. And so I think it's I think we have a a, a chance to really display. That's kind of the power side. Do you want to take the kind of the beauty side? How how does it display the the beauty? Yeah, I would um, just go to John 17. In John 17, Mm. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, he says that he wanted all the believers to be one as he and the Father are one. And we think about the beauty of Jesus's relationship with his Father. For all eternity, they're together. Um, No sin that would hinder their relationship in any way possible, nothing but pure love and, and, and whatnot. And Jesus says he desires for everyone who believes in him to have that same sort of unity for the purpose of that the world will know that the Father sent him. Mm. Like the world knows that the Father sent Jesus through our unity in the church. And so there, there's a beauty when we display to the world, um, when we display to the world that we can be united in Christ and people look at us and say, Christ is worthy, right? He, he is their treasure more, more than their identity with their race, more than mm. ide- their identity with anything else. They treasure Christ more than all of those things. So it displays the beauty in that way. And I will also say that it's important for us um, to display it because God showed how important it was for mm-hmm. us to display it. Um, I always go to the book of Acts when I when I try to explain this. I mean, Jesus, he before he goes into ascends into heaven. He tells his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. And Acts is basically uh, the apostles doing that actual work of, of making sure the gospel goes to all these different places. And everywhere they go, 
um, God is very intentional about making sure that they understand whether it's with Gentiles or Samaritans or with Jews that you are part of the same body. Like we're not establishing a Samaritan church and a Gentile church and a Jewish church. We are establishing one church and we are going to make sure that you all are actually together, worshiping together, doing life together that we are not um, um, eat, eating in, at one table and the other table, as we see Peter tried to do in Galatians right. 2. And, and and Paul has to remind him of the gospel, that it was the gospel. Like, like you're not displaying the truth of the gospel whatever you're trying to separate along whatever lines you're trying to separate on. Mm. And so w- when we do not display these truths, we are actually... Um, not displaying the truth of the gospel. We're not showing the beauty of the gospel. We're not showing the power of the gospel. We're not Mm. showing that we actually um, treasure Jesus as our greatest treasure. Um, We're we're showing that we treasure our comfort, that we treasure Mm. our, our race. We treasure any other things that we choose to divide upon our political parties, whatever it wants to be, that we treasure those things more than we treasure Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's good. I mean, just a real quick story. I mean, like, just just as kind of an anecdote, um, I mean, watching that kind of take place, you know, here at the church has been, I feel like, just a great privilege of ours, you know, to see an older Amen. black man, uh, <laughs> you, you know, stand up in church. This was something happened. Stand up in church one day in prayer and just talk about how much he loved and appreciated this younger white guy with right. tattoos and a beard and <laughs> right i mean like to see that on display yes makes me love jesus right more mm-hmm. uh, you know it just makes me see the 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 power and the beauty coming to get of what of what uh, the lord can do through the gospel what the lord has done and so i um i, I want that for other, i mean i want people to be able to see that right, right. i mean i I feel very, very privileged to to be able to have uh, seen that and continue to see that on a weekly basis here at at, a, at the church, and so I uh, just love that. Uh, so, what are all, all this sounds good? Yes, but we do have to ask: How can we get this wrong? <laughs> yeah, because there are some there are some pitfalls, mm-hmm. right? There are some dangerous ways that we could go about this that could actually lead us down some right um, bad paths. So. How can we get it wrong? Brother? I would say the most important way, the, the most important way that we can get this wrong is that we can make this into the gospel. Mm. That we can we can say that if you are not striving for um, racial diversity or racial reconciliation, if, if you're not leaning into this, if you're not doing this, then you are not a believer then that, that's wrong. Or if we're making this the most important thing that we are to do, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not, if we're, if we're striving for diversity and fellowship um, more than we are actually sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, then that, then we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the, that would be the first way that we do it. Or we're trying to do it apart from the gospel that we're not even sharing the gospel anymore. We're just only striving for some sort of diversity and fellowship. And like we said earlier, if we're doing that, then it's it's just superficial. We're going to have a superficial unity. Mm. I would also say along those lines that we we can end up, even if we have the right beliefs about the gospel and we have a um, um, a, a right order as far as we, we understand that the gospel is central and the gospel is more important, 
and that um, racial reconciliation is an implication and not the gospel. But we can still do it wrong in that we, we can just have a superficial unity. Mm. Like we can say that um, we're going to get along for an hour on Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. But we're not going to actually do life with one another. Right. Like we we're not going to ignore gonna, each other the rest right. of the week. Yeah. Rest of the week, we're just going to um, stay in our own homes. We're going to invite people into our homes that look like us, that that believe the way we believe. We're not going to try to lean in into those relationships. And that would be wrong because, I mean, at the end of the day, that would just be a superficial hmm. unity. What would you add to that, brother? I think those are good. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, obviously, and, and you, I mean, you alluded, I mean, obviously, doctrine is, is not, this is not a, hey, let's compromise all of our doctrine. Let's, right. Let's compromise beliefs. Let's compromise theology. Uh, I think we have to be careful with that. Um, that was, you know, that was... You know, one of that's one of those things that people assume almost has to happen. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're going to get along, you're going to have to stop believing this. Or if you're going to get along, you're going to have to let go what you believe about the Bible or what you believe about this. And and uh, that's not at all what we're advocating for. I mean, that's not at all what not at all what the Lord has done among us in His grace and His mercy. Uh, and so I think we both believe that you can fight for gospel unity and still hold on to. Uh, the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Right. Right. You, you don't have to compromise in important areas. Now, are there some areas where you can compromise? Absolutely. Yeah. Can that, can those waters get muddy? Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be hard to, to figure out and, and figure out what to do. And, and, um, but I, but I do think holding on to the true faith, we, we don't have to make compromises on, on that in order to try to, come up and, and really I would say that's another way that you're in, you're going to end up losing the gospel and so you're not really displaying the power of the gospel at that point right you're displaying the power of your ability to compromise in places where you probably don't need to right <laughs> yeah, so true. so uh, so I think I think that's a real danger that you have to avoid right yeah I would I would definitely just add and, and really emphasize the importance that you you and I or Trinity or Smith Chapel and Grace Bible Fellowship, we we have not compromised on the first order things mm. at all. Mm. Um and, and it's important for us to um to just really emphasize that when when we're striving for this is that you do not want to compromise on the gospel um, and there's some other just really important things like that mm-hmm. that you want to make sure that you're holding on to um, right. as far as doctrinally and as far as um, how you do church, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we want to make sure that we emphasize that as we go forward. Well, we don't want to end this on a um, kind of a down note. We want to <laughs> end this on a, a kind of fun note. And so each week we're going to try to do one crazy question for you all just to get to know us and, and um, kind of humanize, <laughs> humanize us a little bit because we, mm, right. uh, we, don't, we don't want to be stuffy on here and, and just um, talk about some really heavy things. We just want to uh, ask a crazy question every week. And, uh, William, what is our crazy question this week? All right, so the crazy question, and, and we invite, if you want to shoot us an email and get and make some crazy question suggestions, we'll, we'll take those. We're not guaranteeing you that we will answer them all, but right. we will uh, we will definitely do Diversity that. Fellowship at gmail.com. Yes, and right. uh, so so check that out. We would love love to uh, have some more questions. So here here's here's my question for us this week. What is your weirdest 
kind of recurring dream or theme of your recurring dream? What what's what's one of those dreams that you have all the time that's just kind of weird? Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and answer that first. Yes. So I like to watch like a lot of um, kind of in investigating crime solving type shows yes. like uh, Elementary, Sherlock Holmes, stuff mm, like that. The yes. Mentalist, things mm. of that nature where, mm. you know, it's one guy who's going around and he's seeing clues that nobody else sees and, and he's able to think through it and, and figure out the killer before everybody else so, so my dreams are usually along those lines where I'm trying to solve a case that nobody else can solve or catch a criminal that nobody nice. else can catch and, <laughs> and whatnot. And so I'm this uh, Sherlock Holmes type character who's no, able no, no, to no. see things. Sherlock King, Sherlock, everybody. Sherlock Sher- Homeboy. Sherlock <laughs> Homeboy. Sherlock Homeboy. That's trademark, I try trademark to figure that. it out. Trademark that. Like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> like a shaft, you know, like shaft. <laughs> Right, you know, you go around. You gotta, Not you gotta that catch we the criminal. Encourage you to necessarily don't, go back and watch the show. Don't go movies. back and watch don't Shaft watch those. at all. Yes, right. um, but um, you know, nice. that, that's my uh, crazy recurring. You have dream. dreams about solving crimes. Dreams about solving crimes. You that's know, that's incredible. I guess that that would be, um, you know, a good a good time to talk about. Hey, whatever you put in your mind, you're probably going to be thinking about. There it is. Right? There it is. About. That happens. Right. That happens. Yes. Yes. All right, William. What about okay, you, man? So, this one's not nearly as cool as Sherlock Homeboy, um, but uh, I had you know I played basketball in high school, so yeah. so you'll appreciate this dream just as an athlete. I have a dream all the time where I'm playing basketball like in front of people, you know, and instead of a full size basketball, you know, that you can dribble or whatever, it's one of those little <laughs> rubber like little mini ball things that you get at Walmart, you know? Yes. And it's impossible to dribble. It's bouncing all over the place. You can't shoot. And it's just this panic sensation of (laughs) trying to, I mean, you can't even, I mean, you don't even know where the ball's at half the time because there's so many people in the way. And it's just one of those weird, ridiculous, crazy. Oh, man. And, and it's one thing if you have that dream, but I have that dream all the time. Man. What kind of weirdness mm-hmm. is going on in my head, Kenny? Yeah, we, we might need to go see somebody about that. We probably do. Okay, so <laughs> uh, that's our crazy question for the week. Please submit some if you want us to uh, maybe have some other ideas for us for crazy questions. One other thing that we want to do each week um, is give some uh, resources for diversity, just maybe things you can follow up with or or read or look at or listen to. So, uh, Kenny, I think you have one. What's your uh, resource this week? The resource this week about gospel unity would be a book by George Yancey. That's Y-A-N-C-E-Y. It's called Beyond Racial Gridlock, Embracing Mutual Responsibility. And and one thing I like about this book it's 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 not trying to point out that it's only white people's responsibility or black people's responsibility to to strive for reconciliation, but it's on both parties. Whatever, whatever those two parties are, it's on both of them to to try to have things to repent about. Um, and it's and it based upon the word of God too, and mm. it, it actually shows how the world's remedies to try to bring us together are going to fail. There's some good things about them, but they're, they're actually going to fail. And if it's not based upon the word of God and it's not um, mutual, hmm. then it's actually going to fail as well. So that's the recommendation for this week. Beyond Racial Gridlock by George Yancey. 
Good deal. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, tuning in, and uh, we can't wait to talk with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.